0: Hey, it's Jose Galison. This is No Way Jose. Uh, this is an, uh, you can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. I'm all, also on the major, all the major audio podcatchers I'm Odyssey as well. Today, my guest is Jason Stapleton. We're not going to be doing any specific topic. Uh, I mean, obviously, we'll be covering wealth, power, influence, that kind of stuff, but not really a topic-focused uh, episode today. We'll be hitting a lot of stuff. Uh, this right now, if you are a patron of mine, uh, and this is the second of December. Uh, This is a live stream for you. If not, this is being released about a week or so later. So if you'd like to not not be the case, become a patron at patreon.com slash nowayose2020. It's $2 a month for the lowest level just to get the streams to get access to the uh, episodes in the in-between time. I mean, I have the different levels. You have $5 for chat preference, 10% allow you to curate an episode or $10 allows you to curate an episode. $20 $20 a sponsor level where I'll read off my sponsors every month. So my sponsors are CD McRae of the Whiskey and Tea podcast, Jermaine Vincent, Adam, and then at Big Boghorn of the No Time to Explain podcast and my new sponsor at Space Cat 2K, which we'll be probably doing an episode here soon. He wants to cover um, like the, I don't really necessarily see it as a conflict, but he he did kind of present it as uh, agorism versus um secession which i but i'm not gonna try to i'm not gonna release too much info uh, go too deep into that to spoil the episode um but yeah as always go check out top lobster at toplobster.com. use jose at checkout uh, he does all my art and art for like tower power hour and a lot of other stuff i'm on uh yeah let's get into it we got a lot to cover and i uh, don't want to fiddle around with the time i'm looking forward to this what's up jason Hey, man, how are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, no problem. Thanks uh, thanks for coming on. You want to go ahead and intro yourself to the audience real quick for those who don't know you? Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm Jason Stapleton. I uh, have a podcast called Wealth, Power, and Influence. Uh, we're about to about to change it back. Originally, it was called the Jason Stapleton Program. We're going to be making that switch after the first of the year and going back to that title because I think it better illustrates kind of what um, what the show is going to be about moving forward. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I have a business where I help entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs kind of find that, find that little vein that helps them create a side business and how you turn that side business into a full-time business and, uh, kind of try and help people as best I can, uh, make money doing what they love to do. So that's, that's what I do.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, my buddy, James Gentleman, he's one of your clients. He speaks highly of you. So I do suggest anyone who's looking into that, definitely do that. Um, Yeah, it's definitely something that interests me. I mean, I'm not looking to go down that route right yet, but for those who are, it's definitely a great avenue for sure. Well, Um, you're going on
1: it right now. You got this podcast. This podcast (laughs) is a great way to start. Yeah. Yeah. I, I built the back of my business off the podcast, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely, it's taken off more than I thought. But at the same time, on the other hand, it is funny when people give you like accusations of only doing this for money or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like for me to invest a year of time into making, I don't know what, a couple hundred bucks at this point a month. Like, I mean, like it's something, but it's also, uh, it's not the greatest investment. <laughs> I guess maybe it's a little bit of uh, lower time preference, I like, guess is how you could put it. But uh, I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, who, who knows? Maybe Maybe one day this will take off and I'll end up, you know, living off this. I mean, either way, I'm having fun. I don't. I like a little bit extra money on the side. I'm a. I'm more of a jack of all trades. I like to have multiple multiple things going on at once. You know, because you never know what'll pay off. So, yeah. um, I did think it was kind of funny. I, I did want to start this episode off with, and this don't take this at all as me being salty. Anyone who knows me knows I block like crazy, and uh, so we. I think there was some thread, someone, I, I, I'm not trying to dig in this at all. It was somebody was roasting you for somebody with their family stuff. I don't even care. I don't know all the stuff. For me, that's not really even something I really want to dig into. It's, it just sounds like petty nonsense to me for anyone even to dig into that. But I posted some sort of like shocked reaction meme, and I can totally see how you would see that as like uh, me essentially endorsing it. If anything, was was more like it was, for me, it was more like a holy shit type thing. Um, but the whole point I'm getting at is that it, it, you immediately block like that. And I actually think you did the right thing because I don't, I mean, the, I think to some extent you kind of separate the wheat from the shaft and sometimes mistakes are made. And I did think it would be interested to, interesting to kind of apply that to real world and not just to talk about Twitter world. But it, I do think that is actually a good way to go about life is to essentially people that you in any way, shape or form see as being a negative influence. Don't hang around that. And I know you kind of talked on that with my buddy uh, James podcast. And I think you have you had a lot to say on that, and it was it, I found it interesting, and I, I think it's totally true. Uh, but you also did say how you're an introvert. I'm an introvert. I know uh, I'm not someone who necessarily needs friends, so I guess it's easy for me to be like, well, fine, fuck you. Like I don't, I don't need you in my life. That's kind of how I am. Uh, so I don't know if you want to you have anything to say on that because I I know you had a good little little riff uh, and, on uh, James' episode about that, and I thought it was interesting. Well,
1: I I don't know. I I think that there are, there are two kinds of there are two kinds of people in this world who who will tend to drag you down and the first kind are the naysayers and those are those are typically the tough ones because those are your your family and your friends and those are the people who genuinely care about you and they want to protect you and they see that you you're doing something that's out of the ordinary and maybe off the beaten path uh, especially anytime you become really fanatical about anything, weightlifting or uh, a politics or, uh, you know, entrepreneurship or, or anything like that, you're going to have people in your life who love you and who just don't want to see you get hurt. And those kind of people, you just have to kind of, you know, those are parents. Those are sometimes spouses, brothers and sisters and friends, and you have to do your very best just to recognize that they're doing that out of love and they don't really understand And they're they're act they think they're acting in their best in your best interest, even though they're probably not. Uh, In most cases, they aren't. And the second kind is what I call haters. And haters are just people who want to they want to see you fail. They're the people who the second that you start to get some notoriety, the second that you put yourself out there. They are, you know, quick to be, you know, visceral, and you see a lot of that online on social media because they they don't have to say it to your face, and so some things that would never be said in a face to face, get said openly and publicly. Uh, and to those people, I mean, I've, I've always said I never met a hater doing better than me. Uh, the, the people who are doing better than me, they ain't got time for me. They're they're not they're not looking down at me and, and throwing cheap shots. It's always some loser in his basement. Uh, who's got nothing going for him and chooses to inject himself in somebody else's life and somebody else's business and somebody else's ideas uh, in in an attempt to, to, to kind of prop themselves up. And so, when I encounter anyone, th- there's enough negativity on social media, and uh, Twitter's gotten so bad that I'm just leaving Twitter at the end of this year. I just not because anybody's necessarily being hateful to me, but because I just see it. It's just it brings out the worst in me, and it brings out the worst in other people. Uh, but for the haters, man, for me, I just I, I my banhammer is fast. I just I don't care. Like I don't know you. You know, you come out of woodwork and say something nasty or do something that you know that I, that rubs me the wrong way. I don't need that in my life, and those people are nobodies to me, and they're no they're nobodies to your audience too. And and I would just, how many times have you gotten into a Twitter spat with some dude who has you was know, three followers and, and you know and and 10, 10 tweets, yeah. right? It's just he's he's a no, he's nothing, and he's not worth letting let he's not worth letting into your mind and giving space in your brain and and your emotions for that kind of person. And so yeah, I mean if I if I blocked you without without justification. I apologize, but I just, I don't, I don't give I don't, it any credit anymore.
0: Yeah, no, I, like I said, I don't, I think you actually did the right thing because I would have done exactly the same thing. It's, it was an ambiguous situation where it's, it, you could read it one way or the other. And it's like, I'm just some random. Uh, I mean, I'm not your family. I'm not anyone in your immediate life. There's no, you. there's no reason. It's like, I, if anything, I, I side on the, I err on the side of, uh, I don't want to deal with this. That's, I mean, when it comes to social media, cause I, now like you kind of made the distinction between like family? Yes, I'm not saying you should cut family out of your life. Although I will say I'm not the of the kind that if you do have a family member, it's not like an immediate family member that you don't have to spend with if they are a negative influence. I'm of the opinion that if you don't need to, don't, I mean, that's just my yeah, opinion. You don't, if you yeah. don't have
1: to, if you don't have <laughs> like, to spend time with somebody. Yeah. Why, why would you? It's like ne- exactly. negative friends. You know, there's yeah. always friends who want you to stay who you always yeah. were and never want you to grow or improve. And the second that you get a little bit of motivation and and a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of fire in you, you got a little bit of drive and ambition. There are going to be people in your lives who are there before you had that. And and they don't want to see you have that. Cause now as you say, Oh, you're just doing it for the money. What an absurd statement for, like, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I'm assuming your show is somewhat politically based and, yeah. and ideologically bent towards libertarianism or anarcho-capitalism. And for yeah. anybody in that vein to criticize you for trying to make as much money as you can on your own rather than having to su- rely on a boss or somebody to give you work to do, that that that, that person's a piece of shit. That, that person's just not even worth – not even worth talking to. Yeah. They're they're a loser and they're going to stay a loser until their mindset changes about money and about um, and about self-interest. And most importantly, we teach the ideology teaches us to be self-sufficient men and women, you know, to not to rely on government, to not to rely on on a handouts to 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 do it on our own. And to provide for ourselves. And there's no purer form of that than going out and creating your own product or service and putting yourself out there and asking people to pay you if they get value out of it. And so anybody who anybody who comes at you with that kind of statement is number one, they're hypocrites. uh, And number two, they're definitely ain't doing as good as you because they're sitting around doing nothing, just criticizing you for the hard work you're putting in. So, I yeah, I just don't give those guys any any credibility at all.
0: No, I just laugh at them or block them or most usually just block. But it's usually some 150-follower account that has no influence. It's, no one of substance is ever doing that. It, it is silly. Uh, I, it is just I do find it funny, but, I mean, whatever. Um, I did see that you – I don't remember where I saw it. Actually, I think it was your episode Dave recently. You were talking about how you were in the military during 9-11. And I thought it'd be an interesting topic for us to touch on uh, just for a moment, because I kind of want to get your impression of your time in, because I actually just recently got out of active duty after 11 years. And uh, I mean, I I mean, my impression is it was fun. Well, in the earlier times and the more rank I got, the less I enjoyed it, the more bureaucratic it became. And, you know, that type of thing. Uh, I also thought it was interesting. You were special force or spec ops. I don't know specifically what you were. I I have initially joined for that and then failed. Uh, like I uh, I I mean I'm not gonna say exactly. I don't want to dox myself. Plus I don't want to go into like very specific details for listeners who don't really care of like the MOS and shit. But uh, it was a uh, it was like one of those things. that's, like source spec ops or not. It was like a high recidivism rate. Uh, and I remember I fell asleep during training. Uh, like it because it was like we were in a sleep. Depra- uh, we were very sleep deprived as a group. And I I I didn't I didn't make it through that part. And it is what it is. And and I I just I ended up it's funny a lot of people think that when you fail you're like you're out like no how it works most case you're fail all right well we're putting you in another job and uh I ended up being a mechanic and that's what I did for 11 years and I mean I, I enjoyed like I enjoy working my hands so I did enjoy that like I said as I got higher ranking I enjoyed it less um but I, I did kind of get your impression I was also post 9-11 so I'm 30 uh to kind of put it in in the scope for you you were Already in during 9 11. I was like nine or some shit during 9 11. Uh, sounds right. 10. I don't know. I'm not doing the math right, I think. But either way, I was very young. And so for me, join, I did join out of this like patriotic fervor. Uh, and when I was older to some extent, it also was because I needed a job. Um, but like there was that like, you know, deep well of patriotic pride that I did it. But it's was, you were already in. So I I guess I kind of want to just get. I mean, we don't have to go too long on that because I am throwing a lot at you. But there's a lot to be said there because it is interesting because you joined before it even was this, like, impetus to join, if you will. Um, well, I so I, that, I'll, I'll give it to you. Go ahead.
1: I just think that that impetus, to, that, that sense of... Uh, pride in 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 america and this sense of patriotism that existed long before 9-11 and yeah. that was the reason oh, that i joined yeah, you I, get what i mean though the 9-11 yeah. patriotic yeah, yeah. yeah it changed in 9-11 and yeah. a lot of that i didn't see because i was overseas during that time i found out about it after i got home mm-hmm. uh but i i was very i would very much classify myself as neoconservative although at the time i didn't realize that's what i was i i joined because i really did believe that those who can should, and that I, that was a noble thing, to to raise your hand and say, "Hey, if our nation is ever threatened, I'll I'll be the one who who stands and fights," because that's the way that's the way they they preach it to you. And it wasn't until after I got out of the service and I started working in the private security field that I really realized that's wasn't wasn't what we were doing. And I got I became really jaded with the whole thing, and that's when I decided that I wanted to do something different with my life rather than just. You know, serve a government that I I really didn't agree with, and and an ideology that that I I no longer held. So, um, yeah, I, I was I joined in 1998, and I officially left the business, I guess, the business of war in 2009. So that was that was kind of my journey. Yeah, I was I was with the force reconnaissance Ooh. unit in the marines. Well, shit, you I, did the
0: same as me. You were 11 yeah. years in. All right. No, no, yeah, no. I, I did four
1: years in the marines, and then I did another five in oh, okay. uh, yeah. downrange.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In yeah. Security gotcha. work. Yeah. Oh, OK. All right. I feel you. Uh, I, I get what you're saying, because uh, for me, it was a little bit weird walking away because I was everyone I tell that that I did that think I'm crazy because I was 11 years in. I was over halfway to a pension. And it's just like nine years is a long fucking time. And I just for one, I don't think it's going to be economic in the long run. I don't think it's smart. And it's also I'm going to be miserable for those nine years because I just can't keep doing it. That's me personally. But uh, well, I knew yeah. if
1: I did eight, I I'd do 20. So at the yes. end of the four, I said, well, if I go another four, I'm going to be basically halfway to retirement and I'll just I'll just stick it out. Mm-hmm. And I'd already done pretty much everything I could do in the Marine Corps. I started out in the infantry. I went to a sniper team, went from snipers to force reconnaissance. And after that, it's like dude, there's nowhere, there's no up from there. You know, there's no other than increasing in rank and and continuing to refine your skills. There really isn't any next level, although if you just want to go to like, a, you know, dev group or or CAG you know, lat move over into the Army or the Navy, uh, there really isn't much much to do. And that's what my buddy did. My buddy stayed in. He went over to the Army. He joined, uh, you know, CAG and, and he finished out his career over there. So, yeah, for me, my the for me, the the goal, I guess the testing of myself that was done. There was nothing else to prove. And so I decided to get out and try something else.
0: Yeah. Um, no, that's exactly why I, I, cause I know like what my wife, to be honest, she wanted me, she's a little bit not as ideological as me. And so she did want me to keep going. And she was like, well, why don't you just like extend or why don't you just do one more enlistment? It's like, and it's like when you're at that point of like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years, whatever, if you do another enlistment or another extension or whatever, it's like, you are at that point where like the more time you put in, the more likely you're going to continue to put in the easier it is justified to justify yeah. to keep doing it. And I mean, and there's truth to that if you're at 18 years, it is kind of almost like, well, you're kind of dumb to not do the two years to some extent. I mean I, I, you're, you're leaving money on the table, uh, but I, I couldn't do another nine. Um, all right, let's shift gears. I wanted to, I was listening to your episode with Thaddeus Russell you had on and you had a good little speech in the beginning of the intro about masks. And I thought that was you brought up a lot of good points. and you were kind of making the point that like if you got other shit going on, it's kind of not that big of a deal. And that's not to say that you are at all, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm interpreting your words, so you're at all okay with the fact they're making us wear masks in certain areas. But the same day, like, what are you going to do? Argue with a fucking, argue with someone at, at the airport? Like, I mean, make someone's life difficult? I mean, like, I, I, I'm i the kind that I will push it where I can. Like, for example, um, you know, there's a period of time, I'm here in Florida, there's a period of time where they did require it to go to get, like the, the grocery store and stuff, and I would like. I usually wouldn't wear it until someone told me to, and most of the time, no one would tell me to. And when they did tell me, I wasn't rude. Just go, okay, all right, yeah, Uh, uh, my my bad. And I was, and so it wasn't like this negative, you know, thing. And it was. I kind of made them do it. It's a little bit different in the airport because you know they're going to make a thing of it. Um, and I thought that was interesting, but I kind of wanted to apply that because I don't think I've heard you talk on vaccines because I've been noticing amongst our people. Uh, this fervor of the do not comply. And I've kind of gotten shit for this because I've said to some people that like, well, that depends on your situation. Like, I mean, I think ideally you're a wealth power influence guy. I'm like more identify as an aggressor. You know, I think you should get to a situation to where you don't have to comply. But if you're in a situation where you're going to completely fuck yourself over uh, or and if you can't handle it, you're not going to put from the table, X, Y, Z, whatever the thing is, you for whatever your individual factors are, decide that you cannot handle that sacrifice I actually think you're kind of silly to not comply I mean and and that depends on the individual if you're a single guy who has no debt I mean like sure it's not that hard to take a sacrifice or whatever but it depends on the individual so I kind of want to get your input because I did see a lot of parallels between that and the mass discussion you were having and obviously ideally you're in a situation where you have all the wealth power influence in the world and you don't have to ever comply to anything but that's not the real world there are situations in where. I mean, even if you have a lot of wealth power influence, you may have to comply to certain things here and there. So uh, and I also find this to be almost as a religious fervor that I don't find to be good, because if you want people to have this don't comply movement, I actually think it's better to have understanding and realize some people can't. And that way you're not like shaming people because people are just people are going to act their incentives one way or the other, and they're just not going to tell you about it. That's not going to be the only difference is kind of my my thought in the matter. I don't know what your thoughts are.
1: Well, I'm not in favor of any any sort of mandates that tell yeah. somebody they have to put something in their body oh, that no. they don't want to, <laughs> certainly not. I also don't think it's my position to tell somebody what they should do with their own body. If you look at it and you think that it's a, you know the risks are are lower if you get vaccinated versus not, then I'm all for it. I mean, it's not I, I don't support or or not support any decision that somebody makes with their own body. It's not my place. Uh, I, I do think that there is there are a lot of people who now are facing who are facing issues where they have to wear masks where they don't want to and it's it's a pain in it's a pain in the butt and that where they're now forced to get vaccines or or they may be forced to get vaccinated because of their you know their 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 economic situation their work situation and to that i would say you know you may you may be in a place where you don't get you don't have any good choices right you know, if you're if you're facing bankruptcy, you, you don't have a lot of good choices on whether or not you you know what debts you're going to have to pay and what you're not. It's and and how much you're going to have to pay. It's and how much of your assets you're going to lose. That's up to a judge, right? Well, same thing's true uh, when the mask mandates hit in California. And they were making you wear that stuff everywhere, even outdoors on the streets. Uh, I got really sick of it. And so I left California and moved to Arizona where there's no mandates. You walk around without a mask all day. Uh, you know, when I don't have to worry about not getting, va- getting vaccinated because I work for myself and I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. And the message that I've been preaching for years is try and get yourself as much as you can into that situation. And, and barring that, if you're like, oh, don't comply. Let's rally. Let's rise up against our government. Uh, OK, go ahead and do that. I, it's, it's, I don't I don't have to do that. And it's, it's because I've put myself in a position where I don't have to. Uh, but in terms of wearing masks and like the point I was making on the podcast was, look, I get too much other stuff going on. Like, what good does it do? For me to walk around and be angry every time I put my mask on, to have hate and, and just visceral anger, which is what I see from a lot of people every time. Seems like every time I get on a plane now, somebody's complaining about having to wear a mask and they're getting thrown off the plane. And it just, it sours the mood of a society. And I, I just choose not to live that way. I'm not going to live with that kind of hate and anger. You want me to put on a mask? Fine. I got to get to where I'm going because I got important to work to do there and I'll do it right and everybody's got to make that personal choice for themselves I, I i do agree with everybody when i think that the propaganda and the mandates and the vaccine mandates and all that stuff is terrible i agree with that i, I what are you going to do about it you know I, I i if the answer is let's all stage a rally and a protest that doesn't work you know oh let's get the right people elected okay I, i'm not i'm not relying on you to make sure that we all get the right people elected i'll rely on me and I'll, I'll work myself my, my own situation out to the point that I don't have to worry about these things anymore.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I, I guess I actually haven't even, I guess we haven't even defined what wealth, power, and influence is at this point. And I guess now would be good a good time, because I did kind of want to make a, I did, I feel like I was one of the first people who kind of pointed, this out. maybe you did at some point, but I know I, uh, I I pointed this out and the few other like people in our space is kind of like, oh yeah, wow. And I noticed, and I'm sure you probably have noticed this already, that the wealth, power, and influence concept, I mean, I, I feel like there needs to be, like, a different term, because it's, like, call it, like almost like, because, uh, like, agorist, you have, you're an agorist or agorism, but uh, it's a little clunky saying wealth, power, and influence all the time, but uh, anyways, it, it is almost agorism, but with a different aesthetic and slightly different focuses is kind of the feeling I get out of it, and I actually like that, because I while I do consider myself an agorist, I do... There are. I do have critiques, and I think there are definitely benefits to the wealth power influence concept that I find kind of make up where agorism's lacking. I feel like agorism has a tendency to attract the wrong kind of people, and obviously, like a concept, really can't entirely be determined by the people who are its uh, not users, but but it, it definitely has an influence and it fucks with promotion or, or getting people to agree to it, but. And I also do think agorism is a little bit overly focused on overthrowing the the like the, the government in the end. And I do think, in technically theoretically, it would actually over time. But at the same time, that's not necessarily my concern. That's beyond my lifetime. All I'm necessarily concerned on is about is improving my my station and my my families and my communities and you know essentially circles you know emanating out from me essentially. Um, so. I guess we can start with defining uh, wealth power and influence. I guess I, I got, I kind of like to hear your thoughts too, how it relates to agorism. Cause I think they're very similar. And I, 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 I know, I guess it's just an idea. It's kind of an unformed thought I have, but I, I just, I like the interplay between the two of them, if that makes sense. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, well, well WPI will power influence is based on a very simple philosophy or idea that the greatest amount of happiness, the greatest amount of freedom comes when we have the most amount of control over our lives and primarily our time. So the more time we get to spend doing what we want, when we want, with who we want, where we want, for as long as we want, without consideration of the cost, the more of that time we own, uh, the freer we are and the happier we are. And so then the question becomes, what is the most direct line? What is the quickest way To maximize one's control over their own time and their own lives, and to me, it is uh, controlling your, increasing your power. You know, your power to act, your power to make decisions, uh, increasing your your wealth, uh, which to me is is defined by that freedom itself and the money that you make and the income you earn in order to create that. And, uh, and your influence, so your, bil- your ability to control your, you control your world around you, your environment, you can control others. And so that's the principle of it. Now, how that, uh, how that coincides with agorism, I have no idea. I, I won't even speak to that because as you say, uh, you know, whatever sort of statement I would make about agorism, there'll be some idiot out there who wants to contradict <laughs> me and say, I don't really understand it. And so I understand what, uh, what I believe. And yeah. so I'll speak to that and let everybody else figure out how they justify or justify that in relationship yeah. to some other ideology.
0: Yeah. I, I just found that to be interesting. There are definitely something to be had there. Cause I, I don't think I've heard anything from wealth power and influence that necessarily conflicts with agorism at all. I know, I don't know if it was you for Matt Erickson, who essentially said something along the lines of like lobbyists, but even then I don't necessarily see, I, I, I would I don't even know if that would even be against agorism. I don't know. That's kind of a gray area. Uh, I just, I, I found that to be almost, that's why I say it's kind of like agorism with a different aesthetic, a different focus. Um, and I kind of like it for that reason. Um, but yeah, I kind of, let's, uh, I want to shift to talking about, I kind of want to talk on the Dave Smith discussion you had a while ago. And I kind of took some notes of some of the points that were brought up in the different things. And I kind of want to focus on them and kind of, you know, go over them because it, I feel like, you know, you've had a little bit of time since then. Uh, Maybe we can focus on some of these points a little bit more. Uh, First off, I did want to, the first point you started off with was the the idea of like their, their, like the political approach that they were going for was kind of authoritarian. And I'll be honest, it came off a little clunky, but I think maybe you were getting at something that maybe was being misinterpreted. Uh, and so I kind of want to give you a chance to maybe address that again or 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 let me know if you completely stand by everything you said there, because uh, I, I think you were getting at something that might have just been misinterpreted because there was a lot of, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, there was some talking past each other there in in that whole interaction, and that's not to uh, ascribe bad will to anyone. I mean, that happens in a lot of discussions. people aren't picking up what people are setting down. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> uh, well
1: yeah, I mean, I believe that politics is inherently authoritarian. Yes. It is It is us saying we're now elected and now we get to decide what everybody else gets to do and what the laws are and whether we keep the laws or we get rid of the laws, whether we expand uh, you know, human liberty or, or we choose to keep it. And, and th- these are these are very the idea of freedom and liberty in and of itself is a very complex idea. What does it mean? It it means whatever somebody wants to say. It means uh, we have our own definition of it. But if you go somewhere else, they they may modify it in, in, according to you know their view of the world. Europeans are famous for this, right? So um, when I said that, what I said was you are claiming to be non-authoritarian, and you're going to go to Washington and assume a role of of an authoritarian. And I I just think I I don't I I. I understand why people would take offense to that. I just don't know how you are going to go and do that job and be in that role and and not not be exerting authority over others. Right now, to 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 Dave's point, Dave's Dave's a great guy. Yeah, I love Dave's that. entire That's point good. is. Yeah, Dave's entire point is oh, we're not trying to win anything. We're just trying to spread the message and we want to use a political process to spread a message. And you know, Dave's Dave's been wildly successful if he has the ability to form a coalition and a group of people and can use that as a pulpit to preach his message and his version of of liberty and and um And I guess what produces the best results for the most amount of people, then I I don't fault him for that. What I what I fault and what I disagree with is anybody who tries to suggest that what you are doing politically not the running for office and trying to message because all that really means is I'm going to raise a bunch of money for a marketing budget so I can promote my message. Right. And again, I don't care how you do that, but to you, if you're going to suggest that you're actually going to affect any real political change because of your new movement that I think is utterly ridiculous. And I submit to you the whole of history.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely agree. Uh, y- yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I interpret it as well. Cause I, I know how it was interpreted and I always try my best to, in you know, whenever I listen to anyone a, to interpret it in the most favorable way possible, I can see how some people would take it. Uh, but yeah. And uh, you did touch on the spreading the message point, And I, you said multiple times and I'm, I'm the same way. Like I said, I'm an aggress. I'm not a fan of political involvement in that, in that way. Uh, and, but so it is annoying. I see, I hear it all the time is, Oh, we're, we're just trying to spread the message. we are trying to spread the message. It's like, well, I'm just like you, and I'm sure you'll agree. I don't have an issue with you spreading the message. It's the vehicle you're using. Um, and that's kind of where... And I, I get the idea of that we get a boost, but, it, but at what cost? Like, w- it, what's the drawbacks? Like, there's a reason you're getting this boost. Um, and I know they're like, well, people pay attention every four years or whatever. And that's true, but I do think there's some point to the quality versus quantity. And I actually think that you know i know a lot of people look at like agorism or wealth power and influence as being this like selfish ideologies that and it is true it is selfish but i also think to some way it's actually better even for the message side of things because no,
1: it's 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 self my the message i have and i won't speak to agorism but the message mm-hmm. that i have is self-interested and that's yes. not the same as selfish yeah. <laughs> we do lots of things for self-interested reasons that are not selfish mm-hmm. so you know what you're doing and you know, by by pursuing um by pursuing kind of the 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 path that I lay out is you're just simply doing what's best for you and your family. Uh, and in the process, if you're engaged in, 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 you know, what would be considered moral or ethical activity as it relates to your business and your work, then you're helping other people because the fact is, is in a free society where people get to choose what they buy and who they invest with, uh, you know, that... That means that the most the people who make the most amount of money in that world are the people who are providing the greatest amount of service or the people who are solving the biggest problems. That's where the greatest amount of money comes from. Uh, that's why school teachers don't make as much as somebody like me who creates an information, information products, because, you know, they're teaching general children, gener- someone else's kids general information. And what we focus on is specific information that has a, a financial, has a financial component that's tangible that you can measure. And so, you know, that's it's. It's really a pretty simple economic argument that anybody who claims to, you know, claims to be a philosopher in, in that ideology ought to understand. And just most of them, most of them are most of them are pseudo intellectuals.
0: Yes, uh, it, it is funny. These are the same people that we were kind of talking about before, like the grifting or or whatever. It's these are things that a lot of them do understand in, in one hand, but on the other hand, when it's advantageous, they, they do. And it's not even necessarily saying that they're doing it to be shifty they're just it's kind of this cognitive dissonance essentially uh where it's like well this is what i want to do and i'm going to make an argument for it it's like well you're not really being that consistent here are you um and but the point of two i was getting at, and you kind of laid out there in the economic sense i actually do think you know the self-interested you know type thing is actually what is better even on a messaging way like yes you may not get the most people but it's kind of the quality versus quantity uh, i mean a lot of people know, and this kind of be work as a segue to my next point. Uh, it's a well-known thing with like the Ron Paul movement. After it settled down, uh, a lot of people just disappeared. And then I also think there's some argument to be had that like, okay, but uh, some of the people that were created out of that movement, I mean, do we really want them? I mean, there are the certain like Star Wars or certain types that a lot of people know that aren't very good. If anything, it's like a, I forget who has the quotes. Like, there's nothing worse than like a an idea uh, not well defended or whatever. Someone on the, I think it was Bastia, I can't remember. But in, in, there is some truth to that. So it is this idea that when you do this and you you get this huge boost and you get all these people who aren't really ready for the message and you send it out there, there might be something to that. I mean, I, I don't. I'm just kind of um, conjecturing here. But the point. I also, I guess, the next point I'm getting into. Is I kind of wanted to hear your idea on like the Ron Paul things. That's always anyone who has, you know, agoras or wealth power influence. It's the first people always think people always go to is like, well, what about Ron Paul? What about Ron Paul? What about Ron Paul? And I have my own arguments of why I love Ron Paul. This is not at all saying anything bad about Ron Paul. I think he's one of the best human beings there's been in like generations and he's a great guy. But I, that does, this isn't the silver bullet everyone thinks it is. Uh, for people who are saying maybe politics isn't the way to go, and I want to hear your retort to anyone who would say Ron Paul, Ron Paul, Ron Paul.
1: Uh, Ron Paul, as it relates to
0: what? I'm uh, not just sure politics, because people use that. Because that is a common argument people use when you're saying that hey, maybe politics isn't the way to go. They'll be like, well, what about Ron Paul? Like, look, well, uh, yeah, there was, look at all the people okay. created. There's yeah. there's
1: a huge movement. This goes back to what I said earlier. Like if, if you're just using if you're just using the the pulpit to share a message. Uh, then I I don't think it's any different than raising, you know, investing your own money and and paying for marketing so that you can buy billboards or flyers to stick on people's cars at the, the, you know, at the grocery store, Uh, you know, but if you want to look at what Ron Paul accomplished politically, uh, there's very little. Uh, As soon as the movement died out, so to speak, as soon as he wasn't around anymore, the numbers fell back off. And then in uh, in 2016, when you had a a great chance to kind of like people were actually looking at libertarian ideology, uh, they put up the you know, one of the worst possible candidates, not necessarily the worst, but one of the worst possible candidates they could have. And uh, since then, I mean, what do we get? What do they get? One percent of the vote in the last election? And I mean, they will unlike they'll be unlikely to do better next time around, uh, no matter who runs. And so, again, my argument is just if you're spending time on politics, you're you're probably wasting your time. And, And here's the reason. Most people have very limited time resources. When you talk about the 40 hour work week and family and bills that got to get paid and Susie's got, you know, you got, then you got sleep and eating and, you know, everything else that just has to get done in a day. There are very few hours that are actually free hours. And what, how do you want to spend those hours? Cause the argument is like, well, why don't we do both? Why don't we do both? All right. If you're just, if you're just have flush on time, man, and you got nothing else to do, but bro, I, I don't know about you. I'm busy. And I value my time. I'm not going to put my time into anything that I cannot measure a return on. Right. And what's the return? What's the measuring stick? The measuring stick is always for me is the same. How much increased time control that I generate through that activity? How much of my day do I spend doing the things that bring me joy and make me happy? And how much of it is devoted to somebody else and and, and their, their prerogative and what they want to get done? And so if you want to do both, if you want to spend your very few hours of the day because it brings you great joy to be in politics, then I, I, I wouldn't stand in your way. But I, I think for the majority of people, their time is far better spent if they truly do want to increase their time and their control over their lives it would be far better spent doing anything other than advancing political ideology.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, you—that's you, literally my next point. You got to, but I—I I did want to touch on two. I thought it was a great analogy that you used in that—the dieting analogy. Uh, you essentially, like you can—and you know what, I'm guilty of it because I'm—I'm—I've uh, been someone who's been big into exercise my entire life. I've always liked to lift heavy, but uh, I mean, I've had—I've had you know six packs a few times, and I've been ripped a few times. But I'm gonna be real—I just like to work out. I like to be strong, but you know, like so I'm very guilty of being the guy who doesn't do a lot of cardio lifts heavy. And I don't know. I wouldn't say I eat like shit as I've gone older. I clean up a little bit, but there's been periods where I just eat like shit and lift heavy as hell. And you know what? I look big and juicy and I look great, but at the same time, it's like, I could probably look better if I, if I cleaned up my diet a little bit and it is kind of fighting it. I, I think that was a great analogy to put it. Uh, and anyone who has any sort of, you know, understanding of it would get it. It's like, yeah, you can do both, but it's like, I mean, okay, you're not really maximizing your time, and especially if we're saying we're in this place where, like, you know, we're we're all freaking out. And I actually think there is truth so there's a lot of tyranny on the horizon or here already. It's like if it's if it's if it's go time, like you need to be. I Think Vin Armani used the analogy of like you need to get as close to the the bullseye as you can. You need to be doing the the best thing you can be doing. You don't need to be essentially fucking around. Like, mm-hmm. and I do think to some extent politics are kind of fucking around. Like cool like I, what, what are we going to get out of it and that's i guess that's kind of your point uh i don't know if you have anything to add to that it looked like your eyes lit up but i i all i was saying is that dying analogy was awesome
1: no no that, I, I i mean i obviously i agree with you i i just think that, i mean and i'm i you know, listen i spent uh six years and built the biggest libertarian libertarian show libertarian podcast on earth over that time Uh, And, and I came to the realization that this was, this was a waste of time and that this was not helping people. What it was was making people angry. It was, it was coalescing them uh, around me. It was making me a lot of money. Uh, but it wasn't helping people improve their lives. And once I realized that, I, Im- I immediately stopped doing it. I, I just said, I, and, you know, so, so your audience knows, you know, that podcast was generating upwards of half a million dollars a year at the time in, in advertising revenue. And so when we decided another revenue that came in. So when we cut that back, um, you know, we lost three quarters of that revenue. And, you know, it, it is, it sucks. That was, that was a big haircut for most people. That's a career ender for them, but it was one of many things that I was doing. And more importantly is I followed my values. I, I didn't, I didn't try and live a lie for the paycheck. I said, and this is what I believe. This is what I think is, is I think things we've got right and the things we've got wrong. And we need to stop encouraging people to do things that are not going to benefit them in the short term or the long term." And so, uh, you know, and, and if, if anybody disagrees with me, you're free to, I just, I'm just saying, I, I, I have a pretty good track record of being right about stuff. And, uh, and this is, this is one that I'm more confident of now than when I first decided to quit the show that it was the right decision. It was the right move to make.
0: Yeah. Um, the next thing I want to hit on another talking point that I heard in that is, I I think David at one point said, there are other things more important than W than wealth power and influence. And I think, if especially as an like if you're an economist and you understand what wealth or money or value are representations of, they're just representations of value. Then kind of know like, but I I I guess I don't want to put words because I mean this is obviously a layup for you for what you want to say. I'm assuming you're going to agree that I actually kind of think there aren't things more uh, important than wealth, power, and influence because those. I mean that it depends on what your values are. If you value you know X, Y, and Z. Then those are your things that you see as wealth, power, and influence. I mean, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth because it depends on how you define. Well, no. Words, if, you, but... if
1: you start, if you start with uh, with wealth, power, and influence as the starting point, then it would be very easy to say something like, "Well, family is more important than having yep. those things. Uh, having your health is more important than having those things." And, and I would agree with that. I, I would agree with being able to spend the maximum amount of time with your family, uh, being able to uh, have the 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 greatest the greatest amount of health. I guess. The, the, um, your, in your life you want to have you, know, you want to feel the best for the years that yeah. you have, right? You want to live the yeah. best years, not necessarily and the longest what, years.
0: What I was again is I would define those as wealth. It, 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 yeah, it, well, it, yeah I just so, define it
1: on. as I define it yeah. as, as control over your time. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I want to spend as much time with my kids as I can. I I want to I want to be able to take them and show them the world. I want to be able to give them things that other people couldn't give. I I don't work for money. Uh, I don't work for fame. I I work because I love what I do, number one. And I work for time Uh, and I get this. I'm a lucky person, not in part because I worked really hard, but I'm very lucky because I control a lot of my time. Even the time that I work, I work doing things I enjoy doing. I don't work for somebody else. I don't work doing stuff, the drudgery. Uh, I'm not looking forward to retirement. I'm looking forward to the next stage of my growth of my life and how much more time I'm going to be able to control by the time I'm in my 60s. And and so when looked at from that perspective, when you understand principally that wealth power and influence is about controlling your time and about greater freedom, uh, well, now there is no more important thing than that. It's like, how do we get that? And the surest path to that is the one that I outline.
0: Yeah, uh, I think the the one of the last points I'll probably finish out on is one thing that uh, common people commonly say is like, okay, I get it. Like this is what you believe, but why why are you why are you attacking our 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 specific you know praxis or or, or way of going about this? Why why do you feel the need to attack us? Uh, and I guess I would like to hear your retort. I have obviously my answers, but I want to hear what you would say to that.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm not attacking anybody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm. I'm challenging. I'm challenging their viewpoint. And uh, if if they if they find that to if they find that to be troublesome, and you know they want to get butt hurt about it, that's all right. Uh, but here's the thing. Part of it is because in. In looking at another way of look that I think is wrong, and pointing it out and bringing and shedding light on it, it also sheds light on my message. We're having this conversation right now because I was chastising somebody else's idea, and I was pointing out the flaws in that logic and why I thought that was a failed strategy and why I thought spreading a message like that hurts does more harm than it does good. And that brought a lot of light to my message. Now it brought out a lot of haters, but again doesn't matter to me. I want you to hear. Now you talk about WPI. It's used as a hashtag on Twitter. Like people know what it means when you said, when you come from that camp and I'm not even, I have no camp, right? People believe in that as a principle, even though I, I have no movement around it. I don't, there's not the wealth power and influence group that we're all part of. You know, I have, I have my own community of people who are trying to live those values, but the message has gotten out and now people now recognize it as an alternative to what they've been trying for the last 20 years or 30 years. And I think it's, I think it will be beneficial as more and more people hear that message and start, you know, again, become as disenfranchised with the current process as I've become.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate your time. Um, I do, I do find it interesting, though, that like certain things, I mean, uh, to I guess to kind of touch on agorism a little bit uh, again, I know agorism has had an insurgency and so has your wealth, power and influence concept. And I do think it's interesting that these have kind of had a, you know, uptick and it makes sense. I think a lot of people are catching on to these concepts of maybe there are better things to do with my time than try to elect someone to do x y and z and there are ways to make realistic changes in my life i mean on the other hand you obviously have the insurgency, the lpmc and maybe that's a positive thing as well because they're kind of rooting out the negative aspects of the lp i guess i don't know i mean i i'm still unsure how i feel about it one way or the other but i mean i I do find that to be an interesting development in these times that these things are, are gaining ground and uh you know, we see things like your Nomad Network and then things like uh, John Bush's Freedom Cells that are like really blowing up. Like people are looking for community outside of uh, politics or, or what have you. And I, I find that to be um, a lot of people accuse our kind of being like black pill, not by, by our kind, me and you people who don't believe in utilizing political uh, solutions as being black. I'm not black. I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I I think think I think, you know, we there's. Good change on the horizon, and I mean, with the good comes the bad. I think there's the bad as well. Uh, I guess it's a good way to finish it out. How do you? How? What are your thoughts on the future? I, I have a feeling you aren't black pill as well. I mean, I know people will always accuse anyone who doesn't want to utilize a political system as being black pill because oh, you just don't trust trust the way it's going. You just think we're going to shit. Like that's not what I think, and I'm. I have a feeling you feel the same way.
1: No, no, I'm very optimistic about the future. I I think it's going to be, it's going to be very messy as we, as we come through this transition that we're in right now. Um, because I think that the economy is going to change a lot over the next 20 years. And I think there should be a lot of people who are hurt because they don't have the skills and, and they didn't see it coming. Uh, and they weren't prepared for it. And I think a big problem with that, well, a big problem with Uh, probably the circles that you run in and i mean no disrespect to them is that you use terms like black pilled white pilled red pilled purple pilled you know uh, aqua pill right it's like nobody (laughs) knows what that means outside of your tiny little community of space and when you're trying to communicate a message sure if you just want to talk to all these people who are nodding their head and, and who already understand then uh great fine but the vast majority of people, the vast majority of Americans, like 99% of them don't have any idea what you mean when you talk about those pills and you talk about all algorithm and all these other princ- and all these other philosophies. And these guys sit around and they debate this stuff, and the philosophical garbage and nothing, nothing, they accomplish nothing. They feel better about themselves because they're using words that only they get. And so they feel superior And they've read a couple of books and they understand, you know, the principles of of Rothbard and 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 Hoppy and and all these other guys. And um, it, it makes them feel better about themselves. And that's fine. But don't don't pretend like you're actually accomplishing anything. And I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm just I'm just saying in general to the to the people who who think like that and talk like that. Understand you're repelling more people than you're bringing to your movement by speaking in tongues that nobody understands. See, everybody understands. I want to control my own time. Everybody understands. I want a little bit more money in my pocket, and I want to have a little bit more freedom in my life to do what I want to do. Everybody gets that. I don't have to come up with some catchy, like, like pill formula for them to get that. And we need. There should be more people in the the circles that you run in who spend time really trying to clearly explain what it is that they believe in in a, in a way that anybody in an elevator could understand it in 60 seconds. And we, they need a better elevator pitch than what they got
0: now. Yeah. Which I I guess that kind of, Oh, go ahead.
1: And I was going to say, and there, there are ones out there. Matt Kibbe came up with a great one. Anytime anybody asks me what I believe, fundamentally, I believe we shouldn't hurt people. We shouldn't take their stuff. Right. That's something everybody gets. You don't got to explain your philosophy and ideology to them. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think we should hurt people, and I don't think we should steal from people. Great. We can be friends, right? There's no need to go into the debate on all the nuances of what that means because it's the nuance where everybody gets frustrated and everybody gets angry because what does it really mean to not take somebody's stuff? What does it really mean to not hurt somebody? And what, what, what about this? Can we not yell fire in a, in a theater? Is that aggressing against somebody? There's all kinds of this little nuanced garbage that nobody in america except this tiny little fraction of society spends any time thinking about you know what they are thinking about they're thinking about what kind of life they want to have they're thinking about what they want their kids to what kind of uh, lifestyle their kids grow up in what kind of schools they get to go to right they're thinking about saturday night and the football game they're thinking about the vacation that they're going to take those are the things that occupy their time those are the things that are important those are the things that matter those are the moments that we don't get back time's a non-renewable non-replenishable resource right you waste it you squander it on garbage that doesn't matter and accomplish nothing in the process I, i i have disdain for someone who doesn't value their time because they don't they don't value themselves and so that's that's the last statement I'd make about that is just, man, guys, what are you doing? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with those very few moments that you get left on this earth? Most of that time is just being squandered and it makes me
0: sad. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think you did touch on a little bit is kind of maybe something I was trying to put into words is one of the many reasons why I kind of like. I mean, I do think there are pros and cons of both when it comes to, like, the agorism, the wealth, power, and influence, but it is essentially a e- more easily explainable version of agorism, and that makes sense. It is, that is super accessible to the layman, whereas agorism is very deep, big brain, you know, Austrian economic type, you know, all these catchphrase words, whereas something wealth, power, and influence is just, hey, uh, don't you want to make your life a little bit better? And uh, that's kind of how I've tried to uh, my, to do my best of expressing agorism. I, d- I don't come at it from some sort of, you know, uh, deep seated, moral, strong, like whatever. It's just like, hey, you know, these are ways you can make money, and improve your station in life. And that's the same thing with wealth, power and influence. And I think and I do think wealth, power and influence as it does a better job of being more accessible to the layman. And I, I guess I'll commend you on that since you guys, you're essentially the one who kind of coined it. So uh. Yeah, I, I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, if you got anything else to say, you can say it, but I guess you can go ahead and do plugs.
1: No, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I, yeah, you can go to jasonstapleton.com and Wealth, Power and Influence is the uh, is the podcast if you want to go give it a listen and see if it's for you or not. And uh, Nomad Network is my.nomadnetwork.app and you can check that or go to the app store and just type in Nomad Network and you can pull up the app there. It's free to join, doesn't cost you anything. And uh, yeah, we got uh, about 2,000 people in there now and growing steadily so yeah we'll see what next year brings who knows
0: yeah yeah no i am definitely I, I need to get into that uh, it's something that really interests me the nomad one um uh as, as i said before there's the john bush's freedom so as well but it seems to be yours is much more focused on, on entrepreneurship whereas uh, john bush is more a community and both are valuable but i think both have their place um me as for anyone's watching you should know I, this is no way jose show this uh you can watch me on youtube on all the major audio podcasters, Odyssey. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at 2020, No Way Jose, uh, Patreon.com, uh, just so No Way Jose 2020. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And with that, we are out. Thanks for coming on, man.
1: Thanks.